from the heartbeat of the republic this is the power podcast be powerful bringing you independent voices expert opinion driving change good morning good people welcome to power podcast my name is marion guy on our podcast today we are going to discuss uh, matters um, on the election amendment bill of 2021. And with me today in studio, we have a very interesting guest that I'd like to uh, welcome. Karibu. Thanks, Marion. My name is Arnold Maliba. I'm the executive director of the Open Future Hub, or OFH for short. And I'm excited to be here today. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you so much, Maliba. We are also very happy to have you. Um, this, is not, um, this is a serious conversation, but at the same time, we're going to have fun you know, and uh, be easy and, uh, you know, enjoy the conversation, yeah? So uh, during the election year in Kenya, we have a lot of things that come up. Um, and among them, this year is the election amendment bill. But before we get into that, maybe you can just give us a breakdown of the electoral processes in Kenya, and specifically just looking at the structure, the procedures, and even the general performance over the years. Well, we start from a point where it's important to actually uh, put it on record that Kenya is rated as a, a mid-range performing democracy. Uh -huh. So we are a democracy and uh, of course not at the very top at the moment, but uh, we are mid-range and performing. Uh -huh. So it's not static, we are not anywhere else. Uh, of course, that goes uh, contrary to the protestations, especially within the governance uh, industry, let me call it an industry, uh -huh. that sometimes feel that uh, things we are yet to get there, mm -hmm. but we are a performing democracy, mm -hmm. uh, not just up there. Mm -hmm. So uh, elections, as it were, of course, a lot of times, and uh, for a lot of people out there, elections come off as, as if it's uh, an event. It's not. It's actually a process. And uh, the mistake we do has always been to treat elections as, a, as an event. But it should be a process, because in the election cycle, there's so much that happens outside of the election itself, the casting of the ballot, uh, the counting, or rather the election day uh, process, mm -hmm. is what so many of us want to look at as election. And of course, partly we look at the campaigns, but there's so much. Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, in the election cycle, we are looking at uh, registrations. Mm -hmm. Let me start from the point of re doing registration. Uh -huh. There are two types of registration. You are registering a party, uh, is also part and parcel of registration. Uh -huh. And uh, then that is under the Political Parties Act, uh, partly the Constitution, and then uh, the registration of voters. Uh, because if you're going to be part and parcel of the election, you actually have to be a registered voter. If you have to go through a political party, you mm -hmm. also have to actually have a political party that is registered. Yeah. So then, of course, so and then the capacity building, uh, a lot of trainings that go into that. Then election uh, preparation, uh, civic education, mm -hmm. uh, training, uh, then uh, the procurement bit of it mm -hmm. is also very important because the nature of uh, procurement that goes into an election also determines the quality of, uh, of the election, for mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. uh, just to give an example, if you were to bring in uh, Kim's kit, mm -hmm. the, the biometric uh, identification kits mm -hmm. that will not work on the election day, then you have got chaos on the election day. Yeah. So then uh, there's the other bit of it that then we're going to talk about uh, voter registration again, mm -hmm. uh, cleaning the register, mm -hmm. and then moving on to campaigns. Mm -hmm. Well, before campaigns, let's talk about nominations, of yeah. course, within the nomination as uh, political party primaries, mm -hmm. and then the campaign period, 
and then thereafter we move on to uh, now the election day the mm -hmm. casting of the elections so you can cast your elections very well you've heard about the joke about us as a people being able mm -hmm. we know mm -hmm. to count money <laughs> we know how to do everything but we don't know how to count votes <laughs> yeah so guys go out there they cast their votes uh -huh. and then we have got a problem on a simple thing counting, yes, counting yeah. then even after counting we have got a problem with uh, relaying results mm -hmm. Uh, then the declaration, so there is so much around that. It's a mm -hmm. whole cycle. Mm -hmm. Then after an election, we have to do an evaluation. Uh, from the evaluation, we have to look at the lessons learned. Mm -hmm. uh, from a programmatic approach, we will look at uh, knowledge management, for mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. Not just doing an M&E, but then of bringing in the aspect of knowledge management mm -hmm. so that then we plan better uh, to avoid future mistakes and be prepared for the next election. Mm -hmm. That is why we do not have a seasonal IEBC. Mm -hmm. It's constantly there. Uh -huh. yeah. mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that clarification, Maliba. Yeah. Now, I like that you have um, explained the whole process from uh, pre to the voting, you know, uh, time until the, you know, post-election activities that happen after the election. But then there are key issues that you have mentioned while you were speaking and uh, that caught my interest. Number one is um, issues to do with uh, civic awareness, yeah? Number two is matters of transparency and accountability. You just said that we know how to count everything else aside from <laughs> counting votes, yeah? yeah. How, yeah. how funny. But then... Um, I'd like uh, for you to maybe tell us who is responsible for, you know, creating this civic awareness. I know IABC is responsible, of course, as per the Constitution and, of course, the IABC Act. But have they been doing it? And if they have, are they, are they doing it the proper way? And what are the gaps and challenges they have experienced uh, to ensure that, you know, they do proper civic awareness so that citizens are able to participate meaningfully during elections and not just tick the box? So civic awareness, uh, uh, sensitizing voters, and simply uh, shedding light on how, uh, you know, there is uh, voter education yeah. ap apart from uh, uh, civic awareness. Yeah. So voter education, so that a voter knows exactly uh, mm -hmm. how to vote, mm -hmm. uh, how to get it right, because in our case, we have got about six ballot boxes. Mm -hmm. That is for the MCA, yeah. uh, for the member of parliament, uh, for the senator, mm -hmm. uh, for the women rep, uh, for the governor, and then for the president. Yeah. Of course, the president and the deputy are paired in one. Mm -hmm. uh, the governor and the deputy are also paired into one. So yeah. six ballot boxes are actually quite a huge uh, responsibility on an average voter. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you that our voters actually perform very well. If you look at the degree of the votes that actually get spoiled, mm -hmm. it's actually quite small. Mm -hmm. uh, seeing that some of our voters are actually illiterate. Mm -hmm. So IBC has done well when it comes to voter education. Mm -hmm. They do very well. Mm -hmm. But then you can also not uh, burden uh, IBC with, the, uh, with the, the responsibility of also purely, solely being the people who take care of uh, 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 civic awareness and everything. That's mm -hmm. where the third sector, mm -hmm. the civil society, yeah. uh, the other people also come in, the governance actors, then mm -hmm. the other... Um, uh, governmental. In, in fact, it's actually in the interest of government to sensitize, mm -hmm. to carry out uh, civic awareness because uh, sometimes it makes governments work much easier. Mm -hmm. And uh, members of parliament, for example, will tell you they know too well that somebody's coming to ask you and complain about something that is uh, within the purview that is taken care of by mm -hmm. by the governor, for example. Yeah. 
some, someone is coming to ask you as a member of parliament for something that should be taken care of by mm-hmm. a PS somewhere. Yeah. So uh, so that we also do not burden members of parliament and our leaders, it's mm-hmm. important that uh, every segment and facet of society and the, the national the, the nation uh, find ways of actually taking care of it. Mm-hmm. IBC has got its own uh, challenges yeah. uh, because uh, they are underfunded. Yeah, truly. Uh, grossly underfunded. Yeah. They, it's a big portfolio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talking about boundaries. You mm-hmm. know, Uh, boundaries review can actually look like it's mm-hmm. a simple thing, mm-hmm. but it's as political as it will get. It's mm-hmm. actually more difficult than even carrying out elections mm-hmm. because you and I could actually be in this particular vicinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of interest, I don't want to be in the same area you are mm-hmm. and our boundaries do meander and there is overlapping and uh, So boundaries review is not an easy process. Yeah. Uh, they're supposed to do it, of course, after every 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have sufficient resources even for staff and mm-hmm. everything like that. Mm-hmm. IBC's biggest staff are actually temporary. Mm-hmm. And we hire them during elections now. Like during this particular season, yeah. IBC's uh, wage bill is going to balloon yeah. for people to take care of that. After that, they shed them mm-hmm. and leave a few people. Mm-hmm. Same thing uh, uh, is going to do with uh, uh, elections again. Mm-hmm. That uh, Just to give an example, that... Uh, The concept of continuous voter registration, for example, is uh, embedded in the Constitution. Yeah. So as a strategy to ensure that as many people mm-hmm. enjoy their Article 38 rights, mm-hmm. uh, we put continuous voter registration directly in the Constitution, mm-hmm. then in the Elections Act, then in the IBC's Act. Mm-hmm. But the problem has been that, uh, for example, you realize from 2017 mm-hmm. to last year when IBC did the first enhanced mass voter registration, mm-hmm. IBC had only registered 67,000 voters. That's mm-hmm. according to their own statistics. Uh-huh. And we were targeting about 4 million people. Mm-hmm. But from 2017 to 2021, mm-hmm. in the continuous voter registration approach, IBC had only done 67,000 voters. Mm-hmm. One challenge is that uh, then you have to go to the county Uh, mm-hmm. IBC office. Uh-huh. One time too many, you'll only find one officer there mm-hmm. who, if he's in a training, he or mm-hmm. she's in a training, mm-hmm. that office is closed. Mm-hmm. Now, those IBC offices are now open daily now mm-hmm. as we go to elections. Yeah. But for four years, they've not been working. So IBC <laughs> is also strained of resources. Yeah. Uh, two parliament uh, has got the, I, the election being an, uh, an event mentality mm-hmm. where we take away IBC's major budget. IBC mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. always show up to parliament and tell them this is the budget we need for this and this and this. They have got a whole election cycle plan. Mm-hmm. Complete the, mm-hmm. They involve everybody, mm-hmm. the registered political parties, the politicians, and every uh, actor. Mm-hmm. But somehow parliament does, parliament does not give them money mm-hmm. until now. Then mm-hmm. we are saying that IBC is asking for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They are trying to do things that they should have done last year, mm-hmm. the previous year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know how we are going to change that, but... Uh, And the same also applies to the way we work with the, our electoral laws. Mm-hmm. We have got a problem we see now that we're going into an election. There are so many problems and gaps we see. Mm-hmm. We want to legislate now, now. Immediately we come into, uh, we start a next cycle of parliament, mm-hmm. you will actually realize that they are not prioritized. Yes. Again, in 2026, mm-hmm. then you will see again another rush. We did the same thing in 2016, 2017. We were having problems with the Elections Act, the Political Parties Act, and the whole framework around our elections. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we have not moved away from this mentality of treating elections as, a, as an event as an when event. it is actually a process. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you, Maliba. And uh, as you're speaking, I'm just wondering in my head, 
now that um, it looks like a culture that we've built, treating elections an, as an event. And clearly it's affecting us. Because if uh, right now we're having the election and am amendment bill in uh, parliament, yet we have elections in less than how many months? Less than six months ahead yes. of us. Yes. So what does that mean for us exactly? It, it makes us look so disorganized. But at the same time, I'm wondering, as, a cit as citizens and even as experts, what can we do to be able to shift from this mentality so that we look at election as a whole process instead of just looking at it from an aspect of being an event for one day. Now everyone is rallying everywhere. Everyone is looking for people everywhere. Citizens are being, you know paid money left, right, and center. So how can we change this? Uh, that's quite a difficult question because uh, it's a whole systemic problem. Uh -huh. But there are people who know elections and they don't treat elections as, uh, as events. Yeah. Normally, those are politicians. Mm -hmm. Every politician who's running for office has been thinking about it for some time. Mm -hmm. They've tried to raise resources. They've looked at the laws and everything else. They've done research. Mm -hmm. Uh, probably IBC needs much more. And if you look at their post-election report, yeah. you see they put in plan, they actually come up with a sector, an mm -hmm. electoral sector mm -hmm. plan, mm -hmm. and try to involve as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. You uh, get to realize that uh, a few people uh, in the political industry, let me call it the, the industry of politics, <laughs> yeah. the real actors there plan mm -hmm. for themselves way in advance. Mm -hmm. Uh, these others will even like have uh, scandals of stealing money from government mm -hmm. with an eye on the election so that they are looking at raising resources for that. Yeah. But uh, for the normal Mwanainchi, mm -hmm. he's even not any different from how sometimes government even behaves because yeah. uh, people are still, they are busy talking about politics, but they still look at elections as an event because some people, even though... Mm -hmm. uh, they'll be told that there is the voter register verification week mm -hmm. where you walk in and check and know this is where I'm registered, this yeah. is uh, the stream that I'll be in. Like, I'll surprise you. None of us needs to be on a, a queue on election day mm -hmm. for more than two hours. Wow. Because there is no polling station that has got more than 700 people. Mm -hmm. All polling stations do not have more than 700 people. Mm -hmm. The problem normally is that during the voter verification process, none of us shows up to check exactly which oh, polling station okay. I'm in. And uh, we normally want to call them streams. Mm -hmm. Those are the polling stations. Yeah. So all of you then show up. On the election day. On the election day. So all of you are channeled to one place where, first of all, we have to verify. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, you, are you tr truly a registered voter in this particular mm -hmm. election uh, polling center? Mm -hmm. Uh, and what uh, polling station, which you love to call a stream, you are in. Yeah. That particular stream that you're going in does not have more than uh, 700 people. So you don't need even to have there and queue. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we love being on the queues. That I can tell you free <laughs> of charge. That IBC has come up with a system that ensures that you will not include. So you show up and tell them, mm -hmm. I am a voter here. I am in this particular stream. And this is my name. And I am actually in this particular. You are ushered in. You realize that if you are voting... The longer queue, once you have gotten in, you are ushered into the stream you're going in. Mm -hmm. Normally, you realize that that line is never long. Yeah, true. Once you've gotten in. Mm -hmm. So the verification process at the door here, at the it's main door, takes time. is what takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there is no polling station mm -hmm. that has got, I'm talking about a polling station that has got, I'm not talking about a polling center. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about a polling station mm -hmm. that has got more than 700 people. Mm -hmm. So it's normally us. So we're talking about treating elections as a... Uh, as an event, event, we are not any different. People <laughs> are busy working. They even don't know you are in town. Yeah. You registered as a voter. So you'll go in town and try to walk around 
and Q. Then they ask, they tell you, okay, you are not registered at Moy Avenue Primary. You are supposed to be at uh, the other side of mm-hmm. uh, City Square or uh, the Technical University. So a lot of shifting. And then once you are there, we have to verify that, first of all, you are a voter. Secondly, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be on this particular polling station. Mm-hmm. So this need for culture change. Mm-hmm. I agree with that you. That we talk about politics a lot of times, mm-hmm. but do not know that elections also is a process and it's the politics. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you, Maliba, that indeed we need a culture change, not just from our politicians also, but by ourselves. Yeah. Because even yesterday, as we were having a conversation with one of our guests also, they mentioned that um, IBC extended the voter registration time only for UN students to show up on the very last day. And they were, <laughs> the line was, you know, it was very long and they had to ask for more, you know. Uh, boxes and whatnot. But then uh, moving forward, I'd like to take you back. Yeah. Um, I know you've mentioned some of the roles of IBC, but maybe for the benefit of our listeners, I'd like you to break them down uh, well so that our listeners are able to understand what are the roles of IABC in ensuring that we have credible and fair elections? Well, uh, for IBC's roles are actually almost straightforward. Yeah. It's actually found in the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, it's supposed to be independent. Yes. Uh, is it though? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said it is supposed to be independent. Uh-huh. Uh, because uh, in the formation of our government, uh, we like to say that we have got three arms of government. Yeah. But uh, the architects of our constitution came up with four arms of government, but they were not bold enough to actually mm-hmm. talk about the fourth one being uh, an arm of government. I like to call them the independent offices. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes we don't want to, you know, we talk about anything that has got I at the beginning. Uh, the constitutional offices mm-hmm. uh, are supposed to be independent. And uh, if it were in the U.S., for example, mm-hmm. uh, those are just independent agencies. They are not, uh, no one actually tries to actually come over them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that when the government, uh, the president, President Uhuru Kenyatta tried at some point to come up with a, mm-hmm. With a new, uh, with a new government structure that put some of these commissions under ministries, yeah. and there was hue uh, and cry, and guys mm-hmm. went to court mm-hmm. uh, and such. So, IBC number one is uh, is about election matters. Uh, number one, it is the arbiter. Mm-hmm. This is the referee. Uh, they don't choose leaders for us. Yeah. They just uh, stand in and tell us. They facilitate judge. The they facilitate the process for yeah. us, even as we choose. So. Uh, to ensure and abound that political parties, of course, uh, adhere to the laws are set, uh, that we may go to our polls and elect our leaders, mm-hmm. and that they will declare that uh, all our votes at least count as much as possible. And then there's the boundaries review bit of it. Uh, you know, the way we allocate resources is also about uh, people. And yeah. people do not live in air. Yes. They live in certain uh, administrative units, and mm-hmm. those units then uh, can also be units of representation, uh, units of uh, resource uh, allocation, yeah. and how we live. So therefore, that also then uh, permeates into how we choose. So they also look at uh, boundaries, even though the boundaries role is they mm-hmm. could do it at least uh, every 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, on uh, This other bit of it is uh, vetting of candidates yeah. uh, to ensure that uh, candidates meet the set, uh, they meet the criteria or the laws that have been put in there mm-hmm. to enforce uh, electoral discipline. Uh, they're in charge of, uh, that's why we've got a whole act on elections act, uh, elections uh, offenses act, yeah. a whole one, because mm-hmm. that cannot, they cannot be tried outside of, uh, uh, or rather using any other law. Of course, mm-hmm. laws exist. Yeah. Like if somebody's going to do fraud in, uh, in an election, there are laws to take care of that. Mm-hmm. But then because this is specifically around elections, 
we then have to come up with a mechanism that deals with that. Mm -hmm. So largely, the administration of elections and uh, boundaries, that is what IBC will do. Of course, to register voters, which yeah. is the most important thing. Yeah. Clear the register, clean it up, mm -hmm. uh, ensure that when you come to vote, your name is there, that you're going to find your uh, ballot paper to do that. Uh, of course, on a light note, mm -hmm. uh, to also spend a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, so those yeah. generally... Uh -huh. uh, Ah, the roles of IBC. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, even as you mentioned the roles of IBC, we realize that IBC and even the whole electoral process is not just, it's guided by something, it's governed by something. Yeah. So, what exactly are these uh, legal and policy frameworks that guide the whole electoral process in Kenya? And um, do you think they have been effective in ensuring that we have also credible and fair elections? That question touches on... Uh, it's so broad and might not be very mm -hmm. easy to answer mm -hmm. as much as it comes off as a very easy question uh -huh. because uh, it depends. A question of perception on whether they have been able to do it right or not mm -hmm. is a different one. Mm -hmm. uh, two, we have got uh, institutionalized bad manners, mm -hmm. True. Uh, especially in our politics, and that uh, we have got this habit. If I was running against you, uh, you will not accept that you have lost. Somehow you will have to find an explanation <laughs> on why you have we not been to. declared. Yeah, you know? yeah, true. So, of course, uh, the frameworks that exist, first of all, at the, at the apex is the Constitution of Kenya, yes. uh, uh, 2010. 2010. Yeah. Uh, IBC is actually anchored right in the Constitution and its framework and mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. And then there is the IBC Act. Uh, Act. Yeah. There is, of course, the Elections Act. There yeah. is the Political Parties Act. Then there are subsidiary legislation like... Uh, the elections guidelines, the mm -hmm. general rules, mm -hmm. and a number of laws mm -hmm. that uh, then guide how we go about that. Yeah. Uh, they have been fairly effective since 2013. Mm -hmm. We might not agree because uh, elections is a political process. True, true, I agree. Uh, we have got uh, this weakness of legislating every problem that we have mm -hmm. uh, and then throwing money at every problem that mm -hmm. we have. So people are not agreeing on elections. Let us fund IBC more. Mm -hmm. uh, we have got a uh, challenge in this. Let us uh, legislate about. So you find there are a lot of pieces of legislation that sometimes do not even, uh, are not functional. Necessary, yeah. I I'll give you a good example. Sometimes, have you realized that, uh, I don't know whether you've realized this, but I've run for office before and I'll tell you this. Mm -hmm. Sometimes <laughs> we pass so many laws, uh -huh. the electoral laws are so many, mm -hmm. To the point that IBC and ORPP don't know which one to, mm -hmm. to implement. Mm -hmm. And then people go to court, there is suing and there is a lot of stopping. So when you go to uh, IBC as an aspirant, unless you are running for governor and president, they just tell you bring your ID so that we confirm if you are mm -hmm. a, a voter. Mm -hmm. That is all they ask for. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of those uh, the electoral regime uh, laws in that particular regime, Either there is uh, something that actually has invalidated it, it's mm -hmm. late, the process wasn't followed, like including what is happening now. Yeah. So we do elections late, we do this uh, legislation late and mm -hmm. rush through the process, then mm -hmm. guys go to court. It didn't go through public participation. It is uh, discriminatory, it uh, violates our rights here and there. Mm -hmm. So IBC then is left. They don't even ask you for your birth certificate. Of course, people have been making a joke. They don't need that. They just tell you, bring your ID. We yeah. confirm if you are a voter. And that is all yeah. you need if you want to become an MC or an MP. Because a number of those laws that exist are either disputed here at this particular stage or the other one. Mm -hmm. So there's too much that happens. And then IBC now moves away from the laws as they exist. Mm -hmm. And then now we just end up with procedural laws on how you vote, mm -hmm. what you're supposed to do. These are the things that are lost in courts and elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So um, even as you talk about that, um, in my head, I'm just thinking, um, in as much as IBC is supposed to be, is supposed to be independent, yeah. it has a lot of political interference. And this has largely affected, you know, the transparency and even the credibility of elections. We've seen that in the past uh, two election regimes. So uh, what can we do as a country to improve that? Because, you know, it's, it's actually affecting voters' morale. Voters are saying, you know, even though we are going to do elections, there's somebody who's already been chosen for elections. And I understand there's an the argument that that's voter suppression. But what, what if, what if it's, if it's true? If that's the rea reality on the ground that we need to we need to deal with. First of all, uh, fairly, mm -hmm. uh, there's always room for error yeah, uh, yeah. everywhere. Just yeah. as there is always room for improvement, but we must actually congratulate our IBC for actually trying to be as fair as possible. Uh -huh. It's not easy to administer elections. Mm -hmm. See how that it becomes in uh, an election when an election where you're just choosing the class rep. Mm -hmm. Just amongst yourselves. Yeah. It's easy to point out fingers to IBC and say they are not getting their work right. Mm -hmm. But it's not easy uh, to administer elections. True. In a setting like ours, where there is no culture of uh, conceding defeat. Yeah. There is no culture of people actually embracing democracy. There is no totally political culture where political parties are instruments mm -hmm. of governance and they perpetuate democracy and such. So you find political parties just being special purpose vehicles, SPVs, mm -hmm. for people who are trying to access power. Yeah. Anything beyond that then uh, is not there. So I think IBC has done the best it could. Yeah. In any case, there are laws that IBC cannot violate. Mm -hmm. They can't go beyond that. So people will try to beat around, uh, to beat the system through small things like administrative processes. Sometimes even parliament elected by Kenyans to be uh, that particular agency that takes care of uh, uh, of our welfare, the commonwealth, mm -hmm. to administer our commonwealth in the administration, mm -hmm. you find that parliament is even used to punish some of these uh, agencies that are independent. Yeah. So like in judiciary cutting their, uh, mm, their, yeah. uh, their budget. Budgets, yeah. So somehow, you're talking about independence? Mm -hmm. <laughs> there is interdependability between these agencies. Yeah. So IBC can be as independent as they want until they meet parliament that decides that uh, uh, parliament says that we have got the knife and the yam. So you guys want the yam? Uh, <laughs> we will determine how much you eat and if you eat at all. Mm -hmm. So even their budgets and everything else. Mm -hmm. So to that extent, uh, you will see that that independence is not absolute. Mm -hmm. But IBC really tries. You might not like Chebukati and his team. <laughs> but the truth is that Chebukati might not be able to act out on his own. Mm. And uh, on independence, if Chebukati was easy to sway, if IBC, the laws, the foundational laws that put IBC together were that weak, Chebukati will not be the chair today. You remember people left and uh, they said, yeah. no, it is not uh, constitutionally constituted, these yeah, guys should go. For sure. But he stood firm with the laws as they are. People actually have been trying to weaken those laws so that we can change IBC the way we want. Mm -hmm. yeah, especially politicians can change them the way they want. But that's not easy. So in the administration of election, the truth is that our members of parliament, our leaders, the 1,888 of them that mm -hmm. are elected... Mm -hmm. are, are the ones who have failed us. Are, no, are largely a reflection of our choices. Uh -huh. If you look at how they look like... Like, for example, there are two elections normally. Mm -hmm. And you are not going to judge IBC when the election that happens before the election mm -hmm. is what determines a leader. I'll give you an example. Yeah. If you are to go to Luo Nyanza, for example, today, the most popular party there is ODM. Yes. Anybody voting there knows that ordinarily they vote for an ODM person. So 
it is then for them to ensure that they influence the party primaries because that is where the real election happens. Mm -hmm. So you do not take part in the party primaries, for example. Yeah. And then you show up and say, this particular person who has come here is not a good leader, is not a representative of who you are. Mm. So it is much beyond IBC. IBC receives people you people have already vetted through your own ways and yeah. you have given them mandate and legitimacy through political parties or by giving them signatures as independent candidates you already have given them legitimacy yeah and now you tell IBC we have vetted this person whether it's through the nomination or through your signatures for an independent candidate mm -hmm. please receive them and subject them to the main election mm -hmm. so IBC simply receives your crooks <laughs> and then among us that group of crooks yeah. besides among us so who among us you are going to work around that so mm -hmm. sometimes elections are beyond IBC yeah. per se mm -hmm. because uh, Jubilee for example in uh, in their strongholds if it's in Rift Valley or uh, or Central anyone on Jubilee then is given an advantage so if you show up on election day you are sitting in Nairobi speaking very good English <laughs> and doing a lot of hashtag on Twitter, and, lower food and prices. TikTok. <laughs> then uh, you end up on the ballot. You have come here to vote for your party, which is Jubilee, if uh -huh. it's, you are in Rift Valley or uh, Central. Yeah. These guys who are on the ground elected somebody already. Oh, yeah, true. For you. Mm -hmm. So you are coming to endorse mm -hmm. their choice. Mm -hmm. If you had participated in political uh, processes. And that is why, mm -hmm. first of all, we need to tell people that it is not bad for you to be part and parcel of political party processes. Yeah. Actually, it is work to be part and parcel of a political party. Because that political party will decide who your leader is. Mm -hmm. So take part in political party processes. Mm -hmm. Nominate somebody. Be a member of a political party. Because the political party is a vehicle that then gives people access to power. Mm -hmm. But then there is this problem, and especially among the middle class, where they think... They are, they are above political party politics. Mm -hmm. You think that is child's play. You don't want to be part of you, you just show up during the main election. Yeah. These people have already decided whom you're going to vote for. Mm -hmm. So as in who is, you are the one who is beneath them because they are already dictating whom you choose. Yeah. So being a member of a party, contributing to a party, will also reduce interest money, the effects of interest money. Parties that are institutions elsewhere have membership that give in money. So members have got a voice. But you leave other people to contribute to a political party. Then you show up and you want to dictate to, mm. to a party. You know, whoever pays the piper calls the tune, right? Yeah, true. So you've just shown up, and that is why we talk about party owners, yeah. party stakeholders, party officials, mm -hmm. and then members. Mm -hmm. So you members can actually make a lot of noise, but if the party owners and the stakeholders do not think this actually works in their favor, then they drop your candidate. Mm -hmm. So we should look beyond IBC. If you're going to have credible elections, those elections go beyond IBC. It's about us as a people. Mm -hmm. Do you participate in political party uh, processes? Do you, for example, if anyone showed up and told you, Marion, ah, I need you to, uh, to endorse me as a candidate. Uh, I'm running as an independent candidate. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to give that particular person your signature and details or you'll be like, I don't want to give my details? Then you do not have, uh, you show up during an elections day. During elections day, by the way, two things happen. Mm -hmm. We do ethnic census. Uh, for cosmopolitan areas. And number two, we endorse decisions by either political owners or the people down here, the people who can receive 50 bob and vote for somebody yeah. uh, in the party primaries. Because what happens for me is that I will wait during the party primaries, bring in as many people as possible to endorse me, 
and thereafter wait for you, the elites and other people to come and join <laughs> these people to actually just endorse me yeah. if that party is actually within my stronghold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Maliba, thank you so much uh, for bringing that out very clearly because I feel like um, in this country, yeah. politics and matters governance have been left for a particular group of people. Um, and I'm sorry to say, but most of the time it's actually people who are, you know, the low-income generating people who really are interested about, uh, you know, matters of governance, you know, politics and all that. While the middle class on the other end, as you're saying, they think it's child play. But then this has really affected our governance. As you're saying today, everyone is rallying on Twitter saying lower food prices. But really, it doesn't start on Twitter and will never end on Twitter. It starts somewhere, um, you know, uh, it starts somewhere, yeah? And I'm glad that you mentioned that we need to, you know, uh, have the work with political parties because... I think it's also a culture or a perception um, that um, we are not supposed to be part of those parties. Yeah, But I'm glad... It's not a culture. You know, mm -hmm. politics is more complex than nuclear science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Politics is more complex than anyone doing medicine. Mm -hmm. We have figured out how to go down the sea. We have figured out how to go to the moon. We are going to Mars. Yeah. But somehow we cannot figure out how to do our politics as human beings, <laughs> not just here. So political uh, politics, uh -huh. political science as it were, uh -huh. is a serious thing. Uh -huh. Politics is serious business. But then when we get into comfort uh, zones where we think we cannot... Uh, we cannot do some other things. Some mm -hmm. other things, you look at them as being beneath you. Yeah. That is where we lose our power. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, the, the illiterate, leave alone when you're talking about the low masses there, mm -hmm. sometimes they are more woke. Mm -hmm. Once in a while, they send in a hawker to the to the county assembly. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes people get angry, they send a young person who's walking on foot on a bicycle. Yeah, Those masses sometimes get angry and they make their positions hard. Mm -hmm. uh, these are the people who call themselves the, uh, the middle class, for example. These guys are not rich, they are pseudo-rich. They think they're really rich, but, <laughs> but they're just in between there. You yeah. know, like uh, the one, two, three, four in my Nanjenga's, uh, I'm sorry to actually quote him, but then uh, in my Nanjenga's language, the one, two, three, four, as in you have got one wife, two children, a three-bedroom house, and a four-wheel drive car. You know, those guys thinking like uh, they have got so much. They've made it in life. Yet they have not, they are not really, you know, the difference between wealth and riches. Mm -hmm. These guys are actually on the edge. Mm -hmm. Not really in there, as in you feel like you are in, but you are not in there. Mm -hmm. That's where the problem is. Yet these people are respected where they come from. Mm -hmm. These people, uh, some people depend on them so they can direct. Uh, we have got a middle class in this country when you talk about economics. Mm -hmm. But we do not have a middle class when it comes to politics. There is a missing middle. Yeah. That pyramid, <laughs> when mm -hmm. it comes to politics, there is mm -hmm. a missing middle. Mm -hmm. Because uh, this middle class, however educated they are, number one, they reason like their mothers in the village and their grandmothers. <laughs> I say that because wow. they can tweet lower food prices, lower food prices very vehemently on Twitter. Uh -huh. But when they go to vote, they will not vote for their interests. They will, first of all, vote like they are. They will vote for their tribe, first of all. I agree. True. So that in itself actually speaks to one thing. That whereas the middle class, when we talk about uh, the pyramid of a nation, we look at it from the economic uh, prism, they mm -hmm. do exist. Mm -hmm. But if it comes to politics, it doesn't exist because even a doctor, a PhD, a master's holder, a properly learned guy in here mm -hmm. is busy talking about how the, this particular regime is mismanaging. But if this regime is supported by his ethnicity, they go back and they're like, no, we can't trust these other people, yeah, even true. if they have got solutions. Mm -hmm. So... 
that is political now education. Mm -hmm. It is beyond civic education. It is beyond voter education. We will have to educate our people continuously that sometimes even if you voted for me as your uh, tribesman, when I get there, I might not be able to help you. And that somebody else... So, and uh, uh, today I was actually speaking on TV and I told guys, I am actually beyond telling people vote wisely. To tell people to vote wisely mm -hmm. is to be politically correct. You don't want to tell people how to vote. Tell people to vote selfishly. And to vote selfishly here is to actually look at their interests, look at the hierarchy of needs. And as a person, say, I need housing. Does this guy sound like he can take care of my housing? Yeah. I need food. Would this guy take care of food? I need education for my children. Would this guy really take care of that? Vote selfishly. If a politician shows up with a manifesto that can take care of our selfish interests, mm -hmm. then that is the we one. are voting away. Others telling people voting wisely. What is wisely? What political party is wisely? <laughs> what political choices are wisely? Yeah. <laughs> and everybody is telling the other person wisely. And even politicians <laughs> are telling voters, please vote wisely. Politicians <laughs> themselves. Are. So wisely is the name of whatever <laughs> thing they are going around to do. Yeah. So can we tell voters to be very selfish? Mm -hmm know that uh, your tribe mm -hmm. is not an interest. Yeah. Because today, as we complain online, there is no supermarket for Kikuyus. There is no supermarket for Luos. There is no supermarket for Luyas. There is no supermarket for old people. There is no supermarket for young, young people. people. There is also no supermarket for politicians and then one for the masses. Mm -hmm. All of us, if you're going to buy unga for 150 shillings per packet, it cuts, cuts across, across everybody. Yeah. So voters out there should be told, be selfish. And if a politician can actually respond to your selfish interests conclusively, then you are like, I will vote for you. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, anything outside of that, we speak good English, put out there very good, uh, strong points. But when it comes to voting, there's no difference between me and my grandmother. Mm -hmm. Then so, who is influencing the other one? Yeah. And that is the problem of the middle class. Yeah. They don't want to hear this, but exactly that's what they do. Mm -hmm. A few people who have ever depended on the middle class to change national politics have failed miserably. Uh, the last time Peter Kenneth was there with about 800,000 who were following him on Twitter, that is in 2013, yeah. busy talking about Tunawesmek. The guy couldn't even get 40,000 <laughs> votes. Even Abdul Badida <laughs> got more votes than him. Martha Karua also in 2013 mm -hmm. saw social media following and he was lied to. It didn't go so well to them. So uh, Twitter is not a polling station. Uh, there is no polling station called Facebook. And uh, there is no political party called Hashtag. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, all these people go back to some cocoon where they decide what to do. Yeah. So we should go beyond these, um, the way of looking at things. Uh, we talk a lot. Like, for example, one of the issues I've had with the hashtag on uh, lower food prices mm -hmm. is that advocacy must be about results. It's not like I do not know that there is a problem of food security. Mm -hmm. I know prices are high. But the people who are sponsoring this hashtag, to what end is it? It's easy to harness the masses and mm. the anger and the bile. But to what end? Because number one, some of the people who are pushing this thing are actually politicians. Yeah. These people know the, uh, the policy cycle. They know the budget cycle. They know when you can influence you can influence the budget Budgeting, and everything else. Yeah. It is a planting season. Mm -hmm. These people already know that we are past that stage where you can actually sneak in money to get what? Mm to get uh, fertilizer, the mm -hmm. farm inputs going down. Mm -hmm. Now they are busy telling you that, knowing too well 
that now the government in, in of the day will have it so difficult to get money to subsidize fertilizers at this particular age. We already yeah. have dealt with the yeah. uh, supplementary budget last month. Yeah. Now they are bringing it now very, very uh, deliberately mm -hmm. so that then it cannot be done and then they can ride on that. Mm -hmm. I need to remind you, of course, at the, at the cost, at, uh, at the possibility of causing problems for you and myself, mm -hmm. is that what did Unga Revolution help us? There's no difference between Unga Revolution mm -hmm. and uh, lower food prices. It's yeah. the same. Mm -hmm. But do you know what it did? The Unga Revolution of this world gave us the Mike Sonkos that we have had in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Again, somebody wants to use lower food prices to give us another set of Mike Sonkos. Populists <laughs> who use these particular things to rush on it and then rush into power. Yeah. So uh, advocacy should be about results. It should also be smart. What makes food expensive? Mm -hmm. Farm inputs. Yeah. That one can be taken care of through, uh, through taxation, mm -hmm. through subsidies. Mm -hmm. But just remember that subsidies also, uh, in the long run, affect the cost of food through inflation. Mm -hmm. Look at the inflation in the U.S., mm -hmm. over 7%. Ours mm -hmm. is down here, about 4%. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why inflation is so high in the U.S. is because of subsidizing agriculture. Mm -hmm. The other bit that is difficult in bringing food down is that as a country, or a country that has got 67% of its population under 35 years of age, mm -hmm. an average Kenyan farmer is 60 years old, and most likely he's a woman. So we want to produce food through hashtags. If we are not going to the farm, if we are not finding ways of making agriculture sexy so that the productive and strong uh, population of young people can actually go into it. Yeah. So we, and you and I, the people who are tweeting online, they go to a supermarket shelf. And if they were to find an imported apple and a local apple, they would buy an imported, imported one. one. <laughs> yeah, so, true. as in, we cannot eat our cake and have it. Yeah. We must get to a point where we also are honest with ourselves as a people. We have, we are, as, uh, as a country, we are a speculator's paradise. Mm. Uh, food, uh, people buy it and use it for speculation. Land, we buy it and use it for speculation. It's made production and even industrialization very difficult because the cost of land in Nairobi is four times the cost of land in Addis. Eight times, uh, or rather eight times in Addis, four times in Dar es Salaam. Mm. So if I am an industrialist, getting land in Nairobi is difficult. The cost of electricity is difficult. Yeah. So we love to do a lot of speculation. Everything, even for political parties. People have formed so many political parties so that they use them for speculation, to use them to negotiate. So it's also about the national behavior. Mm -hmm. We have stopped producing anything. We're talking about cheap food. People are feeding us. It's our neighbors who are feeding us. Yeah. We are bringing in even toothpicks. Yeah, so so even as young people, even as we hashtag lower food prices, who's producing that food? You will not produce food mm -hmm. through hashtags. True. If an average Kenyan farmer is actually 60 years old, and most of the time it's a, a woman, mm. so iyo chakula itoke wapi? Kabisa. Where yeah. is it going to come from? And will government force those people to produce more? And just remember that farmers are already struggling. Mm -hmm. We are doing agriculture fed rain. We are no longer doing mechanized, as in we stopped doing mechanized, we are not supporting our farmers. It's not going to be cheap if we are importing mm -hmm. because we are at the mercy of mm -hmm. the people who are bringing in the food. Yeah. yeah. And Maliba, I like how you are tackling the issue and you're very brutal with it, uh, but I like it because that's what people need to hear out here. We yeah. need to step up as Kenyans. We need to deal with problems from the root and not just from the surface. But I want to shift this conversation a bit and uh, dive into the election amendment bill. We, we all know that it's in parliament right now. And one of the issues that has been proposed through the bill is that... Um, 
use of popular names uh, during elections at the ballot uh, at the ballot box. Yeah. And I just want you maybe to give us a breakdown of this bill and what does this bill mean to Kenyans? Is it for the good of Kenyans or is it against um, the citizens' needs? I'll, I'll begin with the last bit of your question. Uh -huh. There are two reasons. Uh, somebody said there are two reasons why a man does anything. Mm -hmm. A man includes anyone who's coming up the, with the, these laws. Yeah. There is a good reason to do why they are doing that, and then the real reason to why they are doing that. So I we agree. will talk about that. <laughs> so <laughs> there is a good reason yeah. why these are uh, the political parties' amendments uh, yeah. are actually being pushed, yes. and then there's the real reason why those amendments are being done. Yeah. But briefly, mm -hmm. uh, the, the political uh, uh, parties' amendment bill has got a number of thematic areas that it's supposed to take care of. Uh -huh. So I'll just read you through. Number one uh -huh. is, of course, the definition of a political party. Mm -hmm. There's been an argument that the definition of a political party is so narrow. Mm -hmm. They even brought in something called. Uh, uh, coalition party. Mm -hmm. We are a very strange people. The way Michael Joseph said that we have got peculiar habits. Mm -hmm. We now want to expand the definition of a political party to mean more. Mm -hmm. But if it works for our context, well and good. Yeah. Uh, the other bit is, of course, the roles and functions of political parties. Mm -hmm. Sometimes political parties will bring in crooks and say it is not their role mm -hmm. to, to vet politicians. Mm -hmm. Yet, uh, political parties are pseudo-public agencies. Mm -hmm. They are not mm -hmm really private entities, mm -hmm. in that if a political party gets at least 5% of votes, it will be funded by the exchequer. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily, it's mm -hmm. an agency that builds up onto our, uh, probably it's a support cast for both mm -hmm. IEBC and the registrar of political parties. Yeah. Because once you're funded by the exchequer, you're a public entity, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So the roles and functions of political parties to make them contract and actually compact and then the registration of political party, the process has not been so clear. It's quite, uh, it's, it meanders a lot. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of challenges. Now mm -hmm. we are talking about 89 political parties. And uh, scientifically, mm -hmm. you could have a million colors, for example. Mm -hmm. Scientifically, we've got tens and tens of millions of colors. Mm -hmm. But practically, you can only have 72 colors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how then do you deal with the parties that are beyond? Mm -hmm. So some of them are sharing colors and everything else. So mm -hmm. the registration of political parties, then the suspension and, uh, and uh, the registration of political parties. There are some parties that do not meet the criteria, but they've been going to court because of uh, gaps here and there in law. They actually have made it difficult for those parties. You remember at some point, the registrar had deregistered PNU. Mm -hmm. They went to court and came back. There's quite a number of political parties that are shells, but they exist because there are a lot of gaps. So the registrar, of course, has done an audit and wanted that taken care of. Yeah. Then there is the registration and expulsion of party members. It's been a big problem. So somebody in this, is in this particular party, you elect him to parliament, he joins another party, and you mm -hmm. can do nothing about him. Uh, that actually weakens our democracy, and it weakens parties. Because you're not going to have parties, for example, where ANC nominates uh, their SG, they nominate him to, mm -hmm. to parliament. While he gets there, he gets busy and uh, he refuses and he doesn't care. And ANC cannot do anything else. Mm -hmm. You remember Isaac Moura? Yeah. So we are not going to build parties as institutions mm -hmm. if it becomes difficult to actually uh, take care of discipline. So there was a gap in law. Mm -hmm. Or people really wanted that to be taken care of. Then party nominations. As usual, you know, party nominations is a festival of chaos. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you do not know who won, but the party administers certificates. You just see guys emerge on the other side. Mm -hmm with the certificates from a party, and you're like, I know, where was this guy? I didn't even hear about him. How did he get the nomination certificate? So they wanted to streamline that. Mm -hmm. Then the funding of political parties and accountability mechanism. Mm -hmm. Because the threshold is so high. There are parties that got uh, 
numbers and there was a challenge. Then mm. in the last election, a new thing came up. ODM refused to be part and parcel of the final, or rather NASA refused to be part and parcel of the second election. Mm. So then IBC was left with a, a dilemma. Yeah. How do we administer the, the political parties fund? Mm -hmm. So they had to use the numbers of the first the first election before this other one. So they needed to tie up those gaps just mm -hmm. in case. Because then it means that only Jubilee will get money because they're the ones who participated in, this, in the repeat election. Mm -hmm. The others refused. Yeah. Uh, uh, then uh, there's the place of... Uh, they, 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 on funding again, there's the feeling like they've left it for a few people. And not so many people are. Uh, not so many other political parties are able. So you just realize that only ODM and... Uh, mm. Jubilee are getting funding. What yeah. about the others? Yeah. So to try and open up, mm -hmm. make it more space uh, for others, for others to yeah. actually, so that we also take care of our democracy. Then uh, there is uh, the functions of the register of political parties. Uh, the register of political parties has, for the longest time, just been a registry. When I talk about a registry, is that we as parties, as a party, come up with our rules and everything else, and then just deposit documents there. Mm -hmm. Uh, they do not have power to punish political parties. They cannot even enforce uh, some of party discipline and a number of things. So the functions of the registrar were to be taken care of. And then the political parties management information system. Mm -hmm. We have got a new, dat a new data laws. And if there is anything that actually sells out your data, mm -hmm. it is normally the political parties. Because mm -hmm. according to law, uh, a political party is allowed to write to IBC to have your, the data of the register. Mm -hmm. Once it's within political parties, that is where a lot of your data is sold out there. Mm -hmm. So that was supposed to be taken care of. And then, of course, uh, the unconsented listing of members. All of you here, if you didn't check, just to go to a citizen, you might actually find yourself in a different party. <laughs> so that has been a challenge and a continuous one. Yeah. But there is no law that can actually criminalize. Today, you cannot take a party in uh, court, court yeah. and say that they registered you in a in another party mm -hmm. without your consent. Mm -hmm. So that, those, these ones are the good reasons that they were trying to take care of. Mm -hmm. But over and above, there's also the real reasons that they were trying to take care of that. Yeah. Uh, number one, a few actors were thinking if they push in this law, they will make uh, uh, the elections much easier by reducing the playing field mm -hmm. uh, so that then you do not have a lot of political parties in Yezinasumbua, Naizofitusinginezote. Mm -hmm. So that out of every one of these issues, there is... There's the mischief this is going to try to heal. Mm -hmm. But then there is beyond the mischief, people can always find something else. Yeah. The unintended consequences of policy. Yes. That you do something to take care of this, but then it has got side effects that you didn't think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That you didn't think about or that you... Uh, I, I don't... <laughs> no. There, there are side effects. Uh -huh. Sometimes that you might not think about, uh -huh. but then you can actually see people... I'll give you one common joke that sometimes in Nairobi there is a bomb blast in one area. Mm -hmm. People are running away from it, but other people are running towards it. Ah. So these people did not plan the blast. Mm -hmm. But when the blast happens, they think there is an opportunity on the other day that out mm -hmm. inside of the chaos they can actually reap. Mm -hmm. So the politicians, there is a number of politicians who look at a law and you are trying to heal this particular problem, but they realize in the process of you healing this particular mischief, there is an opportunity for another thing. Yeah. So, uh, and by the way, that is why lawyers exist anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we will just write laws and forget about everything else. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. So thank you so much for the breakdown. Um, the, the political parties amendment bill has already been passed into law, yeah? Yeah. Uh, so but that it's means, in court. Uh -huh. uh, of course, a number of it are actually being disputed. Uh -huh. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We also have the election amendment bill. I don't know if you've come across it and yes. what would you say about it? 
it, it's it's a very small very it's, it's it's not really small it's a, it actually has got a lot of problems uh-huh. because number one it's trying to take care of uh, uh, remitting of results that what is that word i'm forgetting the name of uh, how we how we co- we relay mm-hmm. results mm-hmm. it's been a big issue mm-hmm. because uh, we vote manually yes our voting in this country mm-hmm. is manual mm-hmm. it's only voter of course voter identification that is digital uh, to make it much easier mm-hmm. and uh, relaying of results but that alone has been a problem you mm-hmm. had people talking about we have got results in the clouds mm-hmm. <laughs> our voting is actually manual <laughs> yeah there was no as in there was no v- digital voting for example uh-huh. we don't do digital voting mm-hmm. we don't do online voting mm-hmm. but you still had people talking about results the clouds uh, the clouds and other areas yeah so to try and do away with that come up with a, a foolproof mm-hmm. uh, uh, way of actually how we deal with it mm-hmm. because in this country people vote manually it's only the voter uh, identification that partly is done mm-hmm. digitally, digitally yeah. through the kims kits and but even if your uh, fingerprints do not read we have got a black book mm-hmm. and there is a whole process on how then the mm-hmm. that is a, a redundancy mechanism mm-hmm. to ensure that you do not show up and your article 38 rights are mm-hmm. denied yeah. so we will still go through that process and identify you as a voter but otherwise you are given the papers manually the ballots you mark them manually you put them in the ballot uh, paper manually mm-hmm. we do the counting manually one, two, three, until we get all of that and then the results that actually have been dis- declared are declared at the polling station. Mm-hmm. Then we take images. Immediately, the polling uh, hour closes. The Kim's kit mm-hmm. automatically is set to relay that this is the number of people. If 500 people were supposed to vote here, and only by the time we close, only 400 have done, Kim's kit cut at that. So IBC already then tells you that we expect this number of votes. Mm-hmm. So out of that, we will see the spoiled votes, the ones that have been allocated here, mm-hmm. and everything else. Mm-hmm. So, but everything else, we count manually, then fill the forms, mm-hmm. then the returning officers have to pick them and go with them manually. But then the digital relaying of results is actually just for purposes of uh, mm-hmm. helping our democracy feel <laughs> that we are in control, we know what is happening and yeah. there's nothing being done in, in darkness. The, yeah. in darkness. So there is that particular bit too. Uh-huh. In the Elections Act, they are trying to take care of uh, the qualifications bit, mm-hmm. uh, which for me, I feel uh, it's something we need to get over it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether I have time to actually talk about that. Uh, you can talk briefly about it. Yeah. yeah. Why, for me, I feel like uh, uh, pushing people to actually have degrees is not uh, uh, is not democratic in our case. Mm-hmm. Is that as a country we have got less than three million people with degrees. Degrees. Yeah. So we are limiting choice in a very small team. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, tertiary education in this country is still very expensive. Mm-hmm. It is not free, mm-hmm. and I'll demonstrate. And it's becoming more expensive. It's actually, actually they're, they're actually now raising up the fees. Yes, uh, and I'll demonstrate to you by telling you that one million kids join school every day. About one million uh, will be sitting for KCP. Actually, over one million will be sitting for KCP. About one million will be sitting for for KCC. But just a paltry about a hundred thousand will qualify to go to university, yeah. for example. Yeah. At a time when we are trying to revive our Tivet institutions, mm-hmm. when you are telling people who are going to Tivet institutions that you can never want to become a leader at any particular time, mm-hmm. then we are also making it difficult. Two, uh, the qualities of a leader, it could be very complex, but it should only be three things. Number one, a leader should be caring, the three C's of leadership. That is empathy. Mm-hmm. So first C, caring, mm-hmm. empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, second C is competent. Mm-hmm. 
Now, competence is not necessarily being educated because there are a lot of educated people who are incompetent. The people who have looted this country, the people who have done so many bad things for are this country, educated. are very educated. Actually, most of them from Alliance, the University of Nairobi and elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even if those are the schools we went to, we just want to say that the people who stole Golden Bug were not idiots. Yeah. They were properly learned people. The mm. people who have, as in so, education is an added advantage, but competence is a bigger thing. Yeah. You know the guys who are doing the shooting here? Mm. You could actually find somebody who's very competent in this work. And yeah. probably he was only in college for, uh, to do this particular work, he was only there for probably six months. Mm -hmm. Then somebody comes, a totally incompetent person, but with papers. Mm -hmm. So the second C talking about competence is simply being, getting somebody who can work. And why competence is important? At power, you will actually advertise for a job and ask for for. Besides educational, uh, the paperwork, mm -hmm. you will ask for experience. Yeah. What is experience supposed to take care of? Mm -hmm. It's supposed to take care of competence. Mm -hmm. Then the last C is character. How do you quantify character? Chapter 6 has become so difficult to get around that. Mm -hmm. So, since tertiary education in this country is not free, since we have got very few people mm -hmm. who have got these things, I think we should just leave the degree thing to the president and the governor mm -hmm. and the people who are doing technical things. Because as an MCA or a member of parliament, representation mm -hmm. uh, and by the way the degree qualification is not a qualification i'll mm -hmm. tell you why it's not a qualification mm -hmm. when we talk about a qualification is that for you to be here mm -hmm. is that you have to be qualified in what you are doing right mm -hmm. yes yes if we are looking for a doctor we are looking for somebody who has done a degree in mm -hmm. medicine mm -hmm. if you are looking for an engineer we are looking for somebody who has done mm -hmm. engineering mm -hmm. same thing to law same thing to those other things but for you to become elected as a member of parliament, we are calling it a qualification, yet any degree does that. Mm -hmm. So then we should limit it. The biggest work in parliament, for example, is it's legislation. Yeah. So we should only have lawyers mm -hmm. or probably have political scientists there only mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, sitting in the accounts committee. Then we should only call for accountants. <laughs> so as no one should actually sit there. So all degrees can therefore not be mm -hmm. a qualification. Mm -hmm. We are looking for a level of competence. Mm -hmm. So we can come up with something, whether it's post-secondary uh, post education or a number of years that you have worked, mm -hmm. because I'll surprise you. Do you think that the parliament we have today is better than the parliament of Martin Shikuku, for example? No, no. Is it sure. even better than the parliament that was had Kinorengos and the others? No, 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 no. Yet this parliament has got more. much more degrees than the parliament of uh, mm -hmm. Kinamatin Shikuku, Shikuku and the yeah. others. Yeah. I'll surprise you as I finish you on the same thing. That education is a tool, mm -hmm. and I need to repeat that, education mm -hmm. is a tool that is used by industry to identify talent. Mm -hmm. But in the future of work, papers have actually become very difficult to actually deal with. Mm -hmm. Google, for example, these are the people who are driving the future of work. When you get there, they give you a task to do. Before we look at your papers, it's something. Tesla is doing the same. Yes. Apple is doing the same. Yeah. They have come up because education is now failing as a tool to identify mm -hmm. talent. They are now using something else. Mm -hmm. But with our obsession with paperwork, we have got so many people waving papers and they cannot do anything for themselves. Yet the university is supposed to be a place that liberalizes the opportunities and democratizes mm -hmm. your opportunities. That you should be able to move and make a living for yourself. Mm -hmm. The other day, the VC for University of Nairobi, Professor Kiyama, said that if you're coming to the university to get papers, you will get them and you will be frustrated. And people were very angry with him. Mm -hmm. The university is not a paper 
producing machine. Mm -hmm. It is supposed to produce people who can come up with solutions and live because the most educated person is not necessarily one with degrees, yeah. but one who can get whatever he wants without violating the rights of other people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as you're talking about this conversation, Maliba, this we had a very heated debate um, last year. We were training youth in Mukuru, and we were having the same conversation. And they kept on arguing and saying, like you're saying, yeah. we actually don't need degrees to, you know, to be leaders. But then um, I'm just wondering. I'm not of the opinion that we necessarily need degrees, but I'm the opinion that uh, of the opinion that we need a certain level of qualifications. And why I'm saying this, I don't know how that can be custom made because again, even as you're being um, you know, uh, elected as an MP, as an MCA, uh, you'll get into committees in parliament. And in those committees, you're expected to you know, uh, come up with legislations, you're expected to contribute to amendments, you're expected to contribute to very technical policies. So if we have somebody who is number one, not teachable, and number two, not competent, as you said, then these people are going to give us policies that are not going to meet the needs of citizens because from even from the word go, they do not understand even how to go about it, not just from the technical angle, but also just understand our human beings as, as we are, as people, as a society, as we exist. And I know this conversation yeah, well, can... My, 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 my only <laughs> disputation with what you're saying uh -huh. is that we do not need a level uh -huh. of qualification mm -hmm. of, uh, because then it means we have to come up with a degree specifically for that. Mm -hmm. like, that's why I told you, then uh, people who go to parliament should only be graduates in political science and probably guys in legislation. Mm -hmm. So every committee, when we're talking about engineers, then we will have a committee where only engineers are coming in. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my point is this, rather than talk about, we, to get qualification, let's talk about competence. Yes. Because it's, parliament has got all manner of technical people. Mm -hmm. There are people we employ specifically who are experts in mm -hmm. matters finance. Mm -hmm. They deal with the fiscal issues and everything around that. We have got the Minister of Tre the Treasury, the National Treasury that takes care of that. Even in Parliament, we have got people who do that. We have got people who take care of laws, technical people who we employ to do that. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, because this is a democracy, people must be represented. So how, which, which university do you go to to learn competence mm -hmm. and to, to learn uh, representation. Because representation is about the first uh, qualification of a leader. That is that you must be caring. You must have empathy that I must feel you as a people, right? Yeah. So the problem we have had in that is that you can actually have somebody who is caring and therefore he can attract votes, but he's not competent. Mm, he could be true. caring, but he also does not have a character. I Just agree. the same, same way you can actually get somebody who is very competent, well-educated from Harvard, but he doesn't have character. He's very corrupt. <laughs> so yeah, true, we have got, uh, th th there's a problem in there. But mm -hmm. then parliaments, what is the definition of a legislature? Mm -hmm. A parliament, the world over, should be a representation of a society. That when you look at a parliament sitting, you should be able to see the society in itself. Mm -hmm. This is where Mwanainchi has got a seat. We are now excluding Mwanainchi. Like I told you, tertiary education in this country is not free, right? Yeah. If it was universally accessible, then we can tell everybody, why didn't you go to school? In the U.S., there is no limit to what, uh, they don't tell you we need somebody with this particular thing. But you see the number of people who come up, mm -hmm. we automatically have got professors, people yeah. who are well-learned coming in. But in a, in a situation where we have got few people, we are, we are now doing election by exclusion. Mm -hmm. And that is not even in the first place uh, supported in the Constitution. Because when we limit the choice to just three million people, what about these other people? Mm -hmm. Then you're talking about representation. Yeah. 
do and them, also it comes an do issue of out, discrimination out of the 40, the 52 million Kenyans 49 million of them do not have a degree mm -hmm. so uh, so these are the people who do not have degrees mm -hmm. have to choose the few of you yeah, yeah. that is elitism yeah, we, we, we are making I, it it becomes a, a club of a few people yeah. who are elites and by the way education like i said and i need to repeat is no. not the same as competence mm -hmm. true and i'll give you this example as i finish Mwaiki Baki went to Makerere, where he learned economics and went to London School of Economics. Tomboya is a Form 2 dropout. He learned his economics in the streets. Yet, when you paired up Mwaiki Baki and uh, Tomboya, this country was running very well. Mm -hmm. Everybody agrees Tomboya was so smart. How many of you do, you do even remember that Tomboya was a Form 2 dropout? No one remembers. Yeah. So, where are we? We are at a place where education cannot be synonymized with competence. competence. The same same way when you people are calling for a job here, you tell somebody, we want somebody with these qualifications and this number of mm -hmm. years in experience. Why do you need experience mm -hmm. if well, qualification is in the paperwork only? Yeah. It's about competence. Yeah. And there are people who are competent. I'll, I'll surprise you that Oscar Sudi might not be able to contribute on the floor of the house regularly. But are his people complaining about his representation. Mm -hmm. No, he has won elections twice. He's likely to win the third time mm -hmm. because there's something he's doing right. And he's not bribing them from January to January. Mm -hmm. He is building, he is working out, he's doing his things. Yeah. And then you can work. There is nothing so difficult uh, with the representation, telling that my people are hungry. Mm -hmm. Which school do you need to go to know that your people are hungry? Mm -hmm. And legislation mm -hmm. is also not about very technical stuff. Mm -hmm. We overhype these things. Mm -hmm. We need to demystify leadership. That leadership is simply giving mm -hmm. solutions. It's mm -hmm. about showing the direction. It's going about going places. Mm -hmm. So education is important. But I will tell you, if but it only translates to competence, if it only translates to character, if it only translates to empathy. Yeah. Outside of that, some of the most cruel people, actually most of the cruel people we know, are very educated, uh, yeah. very traveled. So education is not the silver bullet to taking care of our problems mm -hmm. in poor leadership. Okay. Because our parliament has got 70% of people with degrees. Actually, this parliament, not even 70, is actually 89%. Mm -hmm. Very few people in parliament do not have degrees. Mm, yeah. Yet, these are the people who are gathering in toilet and receiving <laughs> 10,000 bribes. Yeah, yeah. So, if... And that is the problem we have in this country. Mm -hmm. You know, like we sometimes overemphasize these things. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much, Maliba. And so even as we, we are closing, um, I just want to, you to break down what what are the roles for citizens um, even as we... Because I know the election amendment bill, um, there's a call out for public participation. So what role do citizens play at this point? And even not just citizens, also parliament. Where does parliament come in? Let me talk to citizens because parliamentarians, of course, are probably might not be listening in, but they mm -hmm. know their role. Yeah. Uh, and their role, as much as they know their role, it might not even be important <laughs> because they have got other interests that override yeah. the role. Yes. So for citizens out there, number one, uh, uh, be involved, be involved, be involved. I don't know how much, how many times I can repeat that. Mm -hmm. But number one, join a political party. Yeah. Unless the law stops you, if you are a public officer, join a political party of your choice. We cannot emphasize that enough times, join a political party. Yeah. Because once somebody is nominated in your area, he's likely to actually go out there uh, so that you can also determine who ends up on the ballot. Mm -hmm. You might not have a lot of chance during the elections because there is the election by primaries, which can actually lock you out. You will not have a choice. Yeah. Uh, number two, educate yourself as a citizen. 
know your rights. But besides knowing your rights, by the way, we all know our rights. Kenyans know their rights <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. But know your responsibility as a citizen. Uh, because whereas there is a bill of rights, there is no bill of responsibilities. So mm -hmm. it is up to you to know your responsibilities. Know your responsibilities, know what you're supposed to do, when and where, so that you are not just moving around, you're not just waiting for elections day. You can change you can be part and parcel of uh, do memos, participate in that, how these laws are mm. done, show up in chief's barazas, know what is happening. You're always on social media. You go to the website of your county assembly, you will find they're there uh, calling for public participation, uh, talking about being part, people being part and parcel of policies. So look at those laws. Do not leave these laws to politicians because at the end of the day, they will actually come up with laws that favor their interests. Some of those interests are so narrow, they, ha they don't have you in, in mind. So as Parliament uh, is calling out, especially on the Elections Act, as uh, the, the amendments on the Elections Act, yeah. participate, read, inform yourself. Because the problem with that sometimes is that we know so much of what is happening in Ukraine now. <laughs> but we know so little about our, our own, own parliament. <laughs> we know nothing yeah. about this election. We know so difficult concepts about the crisis in yeah. Crimea, yeah. Uh, in Russia, what is happening. Even the name of the missiles, difficult international relations terms, mm -hmm. but we don't know things locally here. Mm -hmm. So inform yourself. Participate. Politics is not chess play. We must insist that this is serious business and it determines the price of food. You're talking about lower uh, food prices? Mm -hmm. It is on the ballot. Mm -hmm. You're talking about uh, leadership that can actually be responsive to your needs? It mm -hmm. is on the ballot. When you talk about... Uh, education being cheaper, tertiary education being cheaper for those parents who have got kids in high school and they are afraid that uh, going to university is going to be more expensive now that they are lifting uh, the uh, the cost. Mm -hmm. It is on the ballot. Yeah. Anything you need is on the ballot. The environment to do good business is on the ballot because policies as taken care of by these politicians will determine how we live. It's not so far removed. So if you sit away and say, I'm not going to vote. Last time I voted, my, I was, for example, I was voting for Ayla and quote-unquote he was rigged out. Mm. I will not be voting this year. Okay, somebody else will vote in and you will continue complaining. Vote. And when you cast your vote, it's not about your vote. To say that your vote counts, it's not a matter of that vote being counted in the winning one. Mm. But you make your voice heard. You determine the future of the country, including you being part and parcel of the management of public affairs and where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Maliba, for the very insightful conversation. Uh, we were very uh, happy to have you today. And even as we close this podcast, I'd just like to tell our listeners that um, I cannot overemphasize on what our guest has just said, that as citizens, we truly need to participate, yeah? Let's not just sit back and wait for miracles to, to happen in our lives. Uh, we can only lower food prices when we, you know, show up for ourselves you know sovereign power belongs to the people but we have given that power to other people uh so even as we head towards election let's go and um, let's go and vote let's go and make our voice um you know count and be heard until next time bye <laughs>